Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we are starting our video game month of April. Woo! Yes, I'm excited for this month. I think we're going to do some fun stuff here. Yeah, and to start off with our mini episode here, we are doing Ready Player One and adding a bonus in Pacific Rim Uprising. Yes, two movies that are not based on video games. One is based on a book, one is based on a previous film, but uh, they, they just are so rooted in that video game culture. We, ha- we had to break through this uh, month with these movies. Yeah, if Tomb Raider would have came out this month, we probably would have done that too, but that came out last month, and that is definitely a video game movie. Ready Player One is basically someone playing video games in something called The Oasis. So let's get down to that one. The Oasis is about connecting with someone, connecting with the world. But there's real life consequences. All right, everybody, hold on to something. You would risk everything to save the world. That's exactly why I think you'll win. Ready Player One, rated PG 13. Experience it in IMAX, March 29th. Let's go through the details of Ready Player One. And it is directed by someone pretty famous. He's done a few movies. Mr. Steven Spielberg, of course, right? Mr. Indiana Jones. (laughs) Jaws. I don't know. (laughs) So many. Schindler's List. Can't even go through all of his. It it would take us an entire podcast. Yeah. This is the new Spielberg, so of course we were going to see it. I am unashamed to be a giant Spielberg fan. Yeah, Spielberg's done so much that I loved in my childhood. I'm a huge Spielberg fan, too. Not as much recently, but... That's mostly because I don't think he's doing as much when it comes to, like, children movie until we get this. I don't remember because I know he did the Tom Hanks newspaper movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he did the Tom Hanks newspaper movie. He did the Tom Hanks in Russia movie with Bridge of Spies. Uh, That's it. He he hasn't done, like, a, a movie like this, like a big blockbuster, since Indiana Jones 4, I think they said because he did bfg but that was like a little kids movie and that wasn't as big of a budget so and i actually missed that one i never saw bfg Neither um, did I. I want to i'm sure it's adorable but uh i just missed that one but this is like the first like mega budget movie he's done since indy 4 so very uh curious on how this will continue to be received and thought of in his filmography well, so far the first weekend's pretty good, around $41 million. And they had the extra day of opening Thursday, so I think they actually made more money than that when you take thir- Thursday into account, so I think it's doing fine. I think it's doing good. <laughs> well, it's based on a novel by Irvis Klein, and Irvis Klein also worked on the screenplay along with Zach Penn. Yes, Zach Penn of Incredible Hulk fame. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the X-Men movies, I don't remember which one. Well, this movie is starring Ty Sheridan, and I remember him as Scott Summers. He is Cyclops. Yeah. The new Cyclops. New Cyclops, yeah, in the shitty movies. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, this also has Olivia Cook, who um, I just saw in Thoroughbreds, and she was on Bates Motel. Great actress. Great young actress. 
Yeah, she had a good look to her in this one. Yeah, they made her like cool in this one. Uh, and I thought the chemistry between her and Ty Sheridan was pretty damn good. Yeah, they were fun to watch together. Uh, we, we have appearances by Mark Rylance, uh, Simon Pegg, uh, T.J. Miller. Well, T.J. Miller's the voice. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it looked like a motion capture. Like, it looked like his face in that. Uh, All his that little, role. like, mannerisms. Yeah. And uh, and a great villain turn from Ben Mendelsohn, who delivers every movie he's in. Yeah, he's fantastic, and he's been used so much lately. Yes, thank God. You know, every time he shows up on something, I'm like, all right, he's going to be amazing. <laughs> yes, so getting into the actual story of this, it is a kid from Cleveland, and this movie takes place around 2020, 30-something, 50? I don't remember. Uh, I think 2045. 2045? Yeah, I, I know he's, he's in Cleveland, and this is after the energy crisis and a bunch of other things. So everyone turns to the oasis to get away from the shitty world they're surrounded in. Yeah, and the movie is basically what happens when the creator of the oasis puts a contest in effect to then own part of the oasis. We see all the players sort of going through the motions of not only like living in the oasis, but having that goal, having that game to then own the world. And of course, Ben Mendelsohn being the number two company in the world, wants to get greedy little paws on it and trumps his way all the way <laughs> through this movie. Um, yeah, it starts as like an intern that doesn't know <laughs> dick about the company or, or video games and that, and then he just is an asshole all the way up to the top. Yeah, basically. And uh, it's up to Ty Sheridan and Olivia Cook to make sure that he doesn't get power. Yeah, the whole thing's based around finding three Easter eggs inside of it based off the creator's life and uh, atmosphere, I guess, everything about him. And everyone's always looking up stuff on him, trying to figure it out. And basically, Ty Sheridan, which plays Wade, what was his name? It was kind of like a Peter Parker. Wade, yeah, it was a Wade something. Wade w. Wilson yeah. or something like that. But he ends up being the one that finds the first Easter egg. And then they go through and find them all and save the day. Yeah, that's basically it's basically Ready Player One. Uh, hopefully, you've seen it. I mean, we're not really well, going to spoil anything. We didn't here. spoil anything. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a Spielberg adventure movie. It's all about the adventure. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the trope of the evil corporation guy. I, I'll give it a little bit of slack. I get it was based off a novel. I don't know when that novel was written. But maybe that's just because I've watched so many movies now, and so many movies are defeating the evil corporation. Yeah, I think it makes sense for this, though, with the social commentary of the people not wanting to leave their houses and only using this digital world to escape, and nobody has real human interactions anymore. So, I mean, of course the corporations are the bad guys behind it, though. Like it, I, I think it ties in. It is a tired trope. I'll, I'll give you that, but I think it makes sense for this movie. In, in my opinion. Yeah, and all the people power, I made a joke when we were finished watching it, all the people power are white. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know if that was a conscious choice or if that's just because it's a Hollywood movie and they don't like, they don't like to take chances on uh, anything other than white people. But I mean, yeah, I don't know if that was a conscious decision or not, but it, it, it is what that is. <laughs> I just think they're probably following the book, and they went with bigger stars, and a lot of the bigger stars happen to be, well, white when it comes to the Western world. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't know what the choice was there, but it was, uh, 
it was definitely another movie where all the white people are the ones in power. <laughs> yeah. And it is a nostalgia movie to the max. And I noticed the most of the nostalgia was 70s, 80s, and 90s. I think as far up as they go is maybe... Halo. Halo, yeah. yeah. that's probably that. So, I mean... Master Sergeants everywhere. Still, that's at least... Everything's 15 years old or older, basically. Uh, and, yeah, we basically told you the plot of the movie. But really what the movie's about, it's all about nostalgia. That is what the movie's about. That is the... That's the yeah. gimmick they're selling. That's what the movie's all about. Mark Ravitz's character is super into pop culture and the past and nostalgia himself. So, he buries all these little nostalgic things in his game and you can play as different characters like we see a character play as the iron giant we see characters playing everywhere from chucky to spawn to the halo guys to anime characters that i don't know king kong was jaws in there i know back to the futures um yeah the back to future cars in there the akira bike yeah the akira bike is in there uh godzilla mecha godzilla you know all kinds of stuff uh, that's and that's what it's about. The Iron Giant. Yeah. Did you mention that? Yeah, Iron Giant yeah. is one of them. It's a it's a total nostalgia trip, and it's a visual f- feast for the eyes. I I think just when it comes down to it, I think my opinion is I enjoyed this movie. I didn't love it. I kind of like kind of almost instantly forgot it after I walked out of the theater type thing. But I liked it. I thought it was cute. Like I I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I didn't like it as maybe much as you. I was a little bit harsher with it because just so much of it is like, well, I saw all this coming, and it's just so sappy when it comes to the nostalgia. Yeah. That I'm like, well, uh, this is kind of just the same old thing regurgitated in a way, and I get it. It makes money. I, I'm just, as many movies as we're watching now, I just kind of am feasting for more. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was totally meaningless nostalgia. Like, it wasn't very meaty. It was like, yeah, it was like, oh, cool, like, look at all these characters that I love showing up in a movie again. But it didn't really have anything for us to, like, chew on. And, yeah, the story itself is just, like, fun and adventuresome. And, like, Spielberg does a lot of inventive shots in the digital world and does a lot of really cool camera tricks and things like that. And the effects, it's a very effects-heavy movie. The effects are great. Yes, they, they are. Lo- they look wonderful. There are some scenes in there for like a good chunk of three, four minutes. I remember just being like completely mesmerized yeah. by what they were doing. So that's why I'm saying like I didn't hate this movie. I just was a little harsh on the story. Now, when it comes to everything surrounding it, I thought that the uh, composer, I forget the composer's name. It's Alan Silvestri that yeah. worked on this one. It was fantastic. Yeah. It's, I don't typically come out of a movie remembering on soundtrack but i was listening to it on my own and it's really good and when it comes to the animators woo they kicked ass they are the stars of this <laughs> yeah it, to, going back to the score it was fun to hear Sylvester pull also like a little bit of back to the future like he uses some of that score in this score he uses some of the amazing stories score in this score it was like fun to hear the the little like audio callbacks as well as all the visual callbacks we were getting but besides the sort of nostalgic and callbacky score the regular score just like the the movie score itself is really fun it's really great i'd say my like kind of review of the movie is like the first 45 minutes 
were a little hard for me to get through because it was so much at once visually. Like you get thrown into the world of the Oasis within the first five minutes and we get chase scene after chase scene or like, you know, race scene after race scene. My my brain felt shook for like the first 45 minutes. It was so much. And then after that first 45 minutes, and it's, it's a two and a half hour movie, by the way. After the first 45 minutes, then we pull back and we get some human stuff. And that was a nice like sort of break for my brain to like be in the real world for a little while and then we kind of go back and forth and i really like that and i really think once we get to the human stuff at that 45 minute mark spielberg really kicks into like spielbergian mode Mm -hmm. we're like you know it's you're on this adventure with the kids and then you meet the group and then the group has an adventure and a goal you know the bad guys they keep getting worse and worse and worse and they keep getting into situations where you never think they're going to get out of it which is just like the spielberg like mastery every time one goal is achieved a new problem is made and that's something he always does in his movies it's so fun to watch though yeah i didn't feel much tension in this film but i will admit the jumping from problem to problem was good enough to get a movie that's two and a half hours long going for the most part because when I initially saw that it was like 140-something minutes, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I never felt it. I never checked my I never checked Neither my phone I. once. Mm-hmm. I never uh, never felt it, never was like, oh, man, this is going to be over. I was into it the whole time. I just It was just hard for me to grab onto anything, and that's why I think I'm just like, I'm recommending this movie for sure, but like I, I want to stress there's like not a lot of meat on the, these bones. Nope. <laughs> but that's okay. It's still... It's a popcorn movie. It's a popcorn movie, and it's it's a great popcorn movie, I would say. It's just I not agree. a great movie. <laughs> I agree. As a popcorn movie, this is a hard recommend. Yes. As a meaty movie, ooh, soft. Yeah, yeah. I still like it. I think you guys will like it for sure. Uh, hopefully you've either read it or you've... Or you've seen the movie now by now that you're listening to us. We haven't read it because no, we, we don't read. We don't read. We just see the movies. <laughs> That's always the case for tell us. Tell you what we think. Yeah, exactly. All right, ready to move on to Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. My father sacrificed himself to help save the world. I'm back. This is your chance to make things right. I'm going to make my dad proud. It doesn't matter where you came from. This is our time to make a difference. For everything you've got. Rated PG-13. Well, here we are. Pacific Rim Uprising. The sequel that no one in North America was looking for, but we sure do know China was. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, apparently it already made its money back, uh, its budget back. Because of the international screenings or whatever, the international sales, it's doing okay in North America. But uh, it's making its money and it's out. Nobody necessarily asked for it, but we got it. Uh, we got it. It's uh, directed by Stephen. Uh, what is it, Denight? Yeah, and Stephen Denight hasn't done much. I he was don't... the he was the uh, original showrunner for Daredevil. And he did Spartacus. Yes, and Spartacus. Now I saw Spartacus the first season, which is actually really good. But then the main star died, and I think they ended up doing a prequel. I don't know. I didn't watch it. I was done after that. Yeah, I never watched that show. It was during the time period when I had Showtime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have that no more. <laughs> yeah, I uh, 
I never never watched any. I mean, I watched Daredevil, but I didn't watch any of his other shows that he worked on. So. Oh, it looks like he didn't direct any of the uh, Spartacus, Blood and Sand, but he wrote an oh. episode of it. So I thought he had. Oh, it looks like he had a lot more to do with Spartacus. Gods of Arena. Oh, so I haven't seen anything he did. He did the other stuff after it. <laughs> I never watched any of that. He's not Guillermo del Toro, but he is the director of this movie, which he also co-wrote with a few other writers. Uh, this one stars John Boyega of Star Wars fame. And he gets to use his British accent. And he gets to talk like he normally talks, which is fun to hear again. Uh, I haven't heard that since Attack the Block. So. And it has Captain Grey, Scott Eastwood in it. Yes. Still trying to make him a star. <laughs> really hard. And nobody wants him. He's just not taken. <laughs> it took me about 30 minutes into this film, and I go, hey, that's Scott Eastwood. <laughs> and I only know that because every movie I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Scott Eastwood's in this. <laughs> yeah, poor Scott Eastwood. I feel bad for him. I've seen him give some good performances in his career. He's not necessarily a bad actor. They just keep trying to make him a star for us, and it's not it's not taking uh, we also get uh, Charlie Day and his uh, partner, who is, what's his name? Oh, you're talking about Bern Gorman? Yeah, Bern Gorman. Now, see, this is an actor, every time I see him, I want to punch him in the face. He's uh, a good actor. But, I like this guy. But every time I see him, I want to punch him. Because <laughs> he's in the, the Batman. Uh, yes. The Christopher Nolan Batman. Yes. And right when he's on it, I'm like, oh, I just want to punch you in the face. Connection with Ben Mendelsohn. That's the two of them. Yes. It's so uh, that's our connection between the two movies. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, and his Ben Gorman plays Dr. Herman Gottlieb. Gottlieb. Gottlieb? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a weird name. Yeah, and he's partnered up once again with Charlie Day as Newt. And uh yeah, the girl's back as well. Uh um, Rico. What's her Kaylee? No, this is the new No, this is the new one. Kaylee Spony? Yeah. Spony? Sure, Spony? that's Spony. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Kaylee Spony. Yeah, she was great in this movie, by the way, for like a, you know, a young actress who's never done anything else before. She's great. Yeah, there was a lot of Chinese actor and actresses in this. Okay, so going into this movie, John Boyega's character Jake Pentecost yeah, is, is the son of Idris Elba Idris Pentecost. Elba, yeah, <laughs> I don't know the actual. Whatever character his dad was. Captain Pentecost. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is the son. He's the wild child. He doesn't want anything to do with this world. Uh, and he's a scrapper. Yeah, and it's ten years after the the rift or whatever it is has been closed, so there's no monsters coming through anymore. Which it took a long time. I was like, wow, is there going to be any monsters in this? <laughs> the world is at peace. I think I looked at my, I think I looked at my watch. I, it almost takes like an hour. For a monster to for show up. For a monster to show up. It's a while, right? Yeah, because it's it's about the robots. It's about the world building now that the you know we've seen the world without monsters. But he's brought back into, after getting in trouble with the law, brought back into the Jaeger program where they are you know setting up ships and Jaegers, which are the giant monsters, ready for whenever the monsters return. They know they're coming back, so they're just ready for it when it happens. And uh, they are, of course, unleashed. Uh, I don't want to spoil it because that gets in the uh, twisty. Yeah, this one's kind of hard to talk about because once you get about a half hour, no, I'd say about an hour in, everything's going to ruin the plot. Yes, yeah, so I don't want to get too far into like what happens, but the monsters are back. 
and uh, <gasps> they are. They come back, and then we get some Jaeger monster fights, and we even get some uh, mech on mech action as well. Again, I don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't seen it that no. still want every, to. Every time you say the Jaeger monster, we we have to take shots. So. Uh, of, of Jaeger, I would die. <laughs> oh God, just so much Jaeger. I thought this one was super fun. Yeah, I gotta admit, I kind of wanted to hate this going in. I don't know why. I just thought it was one of these movies that didn't need to be made. But some of those fights were awesome. Yeah, the 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 mechs and the monsters really are great in this. And um, the fight scenes are so fun to watch. It reminded me of like being a kid and like watching Power Rangers. Like this movie is more of a Power Rangers movie than the Power Rangers movie was. <laughs> no shit. I was smiling through probably the last 45 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once just like it's chaos, it's uh it's just a blast. Also, this movie is an hour and 45 minutes long, which is Perfect just beautifully refreshing. Like I was just so into it and it breezes by i never felt the running time uh again with this movie so fun to watch it's not great you know i there's there's gaps with the pacing there's a lot of pacing issues with this movie there's Uh, a lot of odd wording going on here yeah it's uh some odd name dropping of certain I don't even know what to say. Like, just just the names. You'll get it. When you watch it, you'll be like, oh, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, I think it's a product of having the four writers, honestly. It just is it, oh, not. Good. So you got to that before me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Yeah, there's too many gaps and there's, the, there's pacing issues. But overall, the movie's really fun. And Boyega's great. And the main girl, who's a newcomer, is great. Uh, Charlie Day is really fun to watch, and his uh, his little his buddy Burn is uh, pretty fun to watch as well in here. Yeah, it was just it was just a, a refreshing blast of uh, just necessary silliness at the movies. Like talk, talk about a movie that just didn't take itself seriously at all. Do you want to know the difference between China and the U.S. when it comes to the numbers here? So this movie, after two weekends, is going to come around $36, $40 million in the U.S. Worldwide, a.k.a. China, it's already just under $200 million. Yeah, I believe that. It's amazing how much they like these things. Yeah, I mean, it's giant monsters and giant robots. Like, how could you not? Like, I don't know. The Transformers, the giant wall... It, yeah. These movies are being funded for the sheer fact to get them over into the Asia part of the world. But you know what? Thank God for that. Because like, we wouldn't have these stupid, fun, you know, everything would be dark, brooding, and serious, like the Dark Knight effect. Like, we, at least we have these movies coming out that are fun. I mean, Transformers series, we could probably leave well alone at this point. But you these, can these movies. shoot and bury the Transformers <laughs> franchise, in my opinion. It's been gone, but. They might make another one. Who knows? Well, Bumblebee comes out Christmas, Oh, Jesus Christ, they are? Yeah. I think it comes out for Christmas this year or next year. Uh, they're Sorry, doing the, bu- the Bumblebee movie now. Steve doesn't pay attention to those because he yeah. just wishes they were gone. And Matt sees them all for you. For you. So I can report in and let you know <laughs> what ha- what is happening in them. So I will probably see Bumblebee. But nevertheless, this movie is a blast. It was really fun to watch. On the big screen, it's loud, it's just chaos, 
for a lot of the movie, which is just really fun to watch. I went back and rewatched the original, a much better film. And once Agreed. you once you see the like the Guillermo touches in there as well, and how much he put into this mo- that movie, I, I really think it. I would actually wager to say that the first one is actually kind of a great movie. It's fun. It's stupid. It's dorky. But like, I I think it is kind of great. Uh, I really really liked it. It was really fun to go back and rewatch. And I was ready to go into two being disappointed since I was kind of on a high from the first one. But I actually was like, okay, for like a sequel, mm, this is all I need. <laughs> I know one listener is going to be happy to hear you say that. Bill, Bill, <laughs> if you're listening, we liked it. Yeah, it's good. The word is good. It's good. <laughs> all right. So as a f- do you recommend Ready Player One? Up, uh, down, left, right? Yes, I definitely recommend it. I recommend it to everybody. Bring the kids. Uh, it's a little rough. There's a lot of action. There's some swearing, stuff like that. But uh, I think kids will like it, and adults will like it as well. It's a fun adventure. If you like Spielberg movies, which if you don't, there might be something wrong with you. If you like Spielberg movies, definitely check it out. Recommend. Yes, I recommend Ready Player One in theater. It's yes. a soft recommend. Uh, when it comes to Pacific Rim Uprising, uh... No, I would say it's a rental for me. It's, I think the first one was theater recommend, but this one's not as much on my part. I think you could wait. Yeah, I think if you're curious, you can wait. But if you really like the first one or you really want to see this movie or like you're really into these type of movies, absolutely go see it in theaters. You will not You will not be disappointed. It is just straightforward fun action movie uh so if that's what you're looking for definitely recommend but if you're not sure about it you can wait yeah i couldn't fault you for seeing this in the theater because you might not be able to fully appreciate the ridiculous fights at the end of pacific rim uprising yeah it's a fun movie to see in theaters if you're into these type of things or even if you just like want like kind of a b movie good laugh just to just like a good time you bring your friends Grab a few beers and go see Pacific Rim 2. And if any listeners out there can explain to me why they call the linking um, drifting, I would love that because I don't understand (laughs) why it's called drifting. Shouldn't it be called, I don't know, linking? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they choose. They use a lot of like... A lot of like made up vocabulary for the Pacific Rim movies I noticed, and they, it's probably part of their world building. But yeah, some of them don't make sense. <laughs> it oh, is what it well. is. It is what it is. Let's move on to our nerd news and what we're watching. Get those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! All right, let's get into our nerd news. And most of the nerd news here is going to be from our man Matt and his film festival. So Matt, I turn it over to you. Yes, so the film festival is the Windy City Horrorama happening April 27th through the 29th at the Davis Theater. Uh, I've given this pitch on this show many times before. Keep doing it. But I I want you guys to come out to this, especially if you're in Chicago. And if you're nearby, I think it's going to be worth driving in for, coming in for as well. So I, I, I highly, highly, highly recommend you come to this if you're a nerd, if you listen to the show, if you like nostalgia. We've got so much fun things planned for you. You can take a look at the entire schedule at WindyCityHorrorama.com or at any of our social media, which is all Windy City Horrorama. I will go over a few highlights. We do have uh, the director of Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, Adam Marcus coming in. And we're showing the uncut, unrated, director's cut version of 
Jason Goes to Hell, and we're showing it off of the director's personal DCP, which basically means we're not going to just show a DVD and put it on the screen. We're showing a DCP, so it's like going to look the way it should on the big screen. Now, if I bring my VHS of that, can I get it signed? Yes. Adam is going to hang out with us all day Friday, and he will sign anything you want and take pictures with anybody who wants to take pictures. He's also sticking around because we're showing his brand new movie, Secret Santa, which is an absolute blast of insanity. It's one of the goriest Christmas movies I've ever seen. Uh, and I think it's going to, once this gets a, a nationwide release, it's going to be a, a favorite for Christmas time rotations for sure. He will be introducing that movie as well as doing a Q&A with that, as well as Jason Goes to Hell. Plus, for Secret Santa, the uh, co-writer, co-star Deborah Sullivan will be there, as well as most of the casting crew. <laughs> so we're going to have a full house for Secret Santa. And after that, we're going to Celtic Crown Bar on Western Avenue, uh, right by the theater, uh, for an after party with uh, all you can drink for two hours if you just pick up one of our Horrorama wristbands. So that's going to be nuts. And Adam's going to be hanging out all night for all those. That's just Friday. That's just Friday. Uh, Saturday, we've got uh, cool stuff like the world premiere of Soft Matter, uh, which is one of the most incredibly odd movies I've ever seen. And we just announced, uh, we added Saturday, a movie called Number 37, which is uh, basically the South African rear window. And it's from a first-time female director in South Africa. And it is quite the white-knuckle thriller. Uh, it was praised at South by Southwest and was featured on Letterboxd, if you nerds are on that. It is an amazing thrill ride. We just added that to Saturday. And we also added the Wakaliwood movie Bad Black, which is a bunch of filmmakers in Uganda basically brought a small town together to make movies. And this is their huge action epic that they've put together. And it's one of the most insane movies I've ever seen, period. It's an action film, it's a comedy, it's a drama, it's it's everything. It's it's so many genres that we had to put it into the lineup. And you, you've definitely never seen anything like it. It's an outrageous movie. It, the entire thing is VJ'd by someone who is like narrating what you're seeing. It's, it's completely unbelievable. You have to come to that. We just added that to Saturday. Uh, Sunday, we'll be showing the world premiere of a movie called More Blood, which is a documentary about why we like gore in horror movies. So that equals amazing gore clips from horror movies, as well as people like Lloyd Kaufman telling us why there is gore in horror movies. Uh, a lot of fun with that one. And we are going to have uh, the Chicago premiere of... Uh, Ruin Me, which is an amazing thriller about people being basically dropped into a horror movie uh, that want to go on a camping trip that reenacts horror movies and because they're big horror fans and it becomes real. So that one's really, really fun. We're also showing the 30th anniversary screening of The Blob with an amazing restoration of the 1988 version. And we will be closing with uh, a Chicago movie called Chicago Rot, which is also just completely insane. It's every genre, but it is goopy and gross and awesome. And then that'll be followed by a party as well. We, we also have a party Saturday night, but I can't announce that yet. Maybe by the next episode I can. So you'll, before, before the actual fest happens, you'll know about that Saturday party. It's going to be completely amazing. We've got filmmakers coming in for almost every film. And it's going to be 17 features we're showing for this, as well as shorts before uh, almost every feature as well. And the shorts are just as incredible as the features are. 
you guys are not going to want to miss this. I highly recommend you get your tickets now. They're on sale at davistheater.com. I hear some of the local stuff is selling out already. So get out in that, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> but also good. Yes. That was quite a mouthful, and I'm very, very excited. I'm going to, like I said before, I'm going to try to see everyone that I can. As far as I know, as I have a completely open weekend that weekend, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Now moving on to what we watched. Uh, since it is Easter, I watched, I guess you could say, kind of like a zombie thing. Jesus is a zombie here. I watched Santa Clara Diet Season 2, and I still can't figure out if I like this show or not. All right. <laughs> I've not seen it. It's a very easy one to put on in the background show, so it, it's not, eh, it's good, it's bad. Some of the jokes are lame as hell, but I have watched both of them and kind of looking forward to the third one, so I guess I like it, but I don't love it by any means. So, <laughs> it's a soft recommend. I don't know. If you got Netflix, you can put it on in the background. I usually do that while I'm doing something else, like folding my laundry. <laughs> I watched I watched uh, Mute on Netflix recently, and uh, actually found myself really enjoying it because it's way campier and weirder than I thought it was going to be. I I, re- I really enjoyed it actually. It's it's pretty dumb, but I, I like it. I, I enjoyed how campy and fun it was. All right, so for the rest of Video Game Month, we are doing a couple large VHS reviews here. And the first one, which will be next week, is Super Mario Brothers The Movie. Now, we've gotten a lot of people to recommend this, and of course we were going to get to it. We just had to find the right month. Now, luckily, my brother had a VHS copy of the promo that was given to rental stores of this, and he finally mailed it to me, and we are going to watch that. It has an entire, you know, marketing beginning that we've covered with, you know, such things as Leprechaun 2 and Death Wish 5. But this one also has an entire featurette, special effects, which I think is really cool, and I've never seen anything like that. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that. I've seen the movie a hundred times. It was one of my childhood favorites, and... Uh, I've seen it a bunch, so I'm very excited to see. I've never seen any behind the scenes on the movie, so I'm very excited to see that, as well as the, the I love, one of my favorite things in the world are the marketing things that they put in front of these promo tapes. Like, no joke, I like live for these things. So I'm very excited to watch that, as well as the movie and the, the behind the scenes featurette. So. And the weekend after that, we'll be covering Rampage with The Rock. Yes, uh, it's we're that's going to be our 420 episode. It sure will. I will be stoned for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll be stoned for the movie and the episode or just the movie, but uh, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. You'll know. <laughs> and then to end the month is another one I'm excited about. We are doing Mortal Kombat. We are doing the first one yes. by New Line. We are not doing Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I know a lot of you want to hear us bash on that, but we're going to oh, wait. Not, I'm not going to bash on that one. <laughs> I quite enjoy that film. <laughs> well, when we get to that, you'll wait to hear me bash on it. <laughs> no, I, I could bash on that one, too. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to rewatch the first one because I haven't seen it in probably 20 years. The greatest soundtrack ever. Oh, I've listened to the soundtrack like within the last like two weeks, um, <laughs> but I haven't seen the movie in like twenty years. Uh, so I'm very excited to go back and rewatch this one. And there'll be a special tape in that one as well. 
that has something to do with the launch of that movie on VHS in 1995. That's all I'm going to give you. Yes. But you got to stay tuned for that. There will also be a bonus inside of Super Mario Brothers that Matt doesn't even know about. Uh-oh. But is, he will. Is John Leguizamo coming to do the episode with us? Oh, you just, I mean, you just killed the surprise. <laughs> How did you know? Because I've been waiting for this moment my entire life. I have been made for this. <laughs> Stay tuned if Steve's lying about John Leguizamo coming. <laughs> he is. I'm very excited. Very, very excited for this. So you have to tune in next week. Have to. And I've also would like to say thank you to all the listeners. We had our best month in March. Woo! And that is awesome. And we have gotten a lot of new fans. Um, we'd also like to say thank you to the Horror Movie Night podcast who allowed us to go to their New Jersey Monster Mania and basically just pedal everyone our little podcast. Yeah, and I've, uh, I want to thank everybody who's come out to any of the Horrorama events and seen our business cards out there and asked about the podcast and was was interested in it. And also all those people I gave business cards to, I hope you're listening to this episode. And I just want to say thank you for your interest in this and our weird little nostalgia endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you for listening. And you can rate and review us on iTunes. Listen to us on Podbean and YouTube. Yeah, sounds good. We'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Later.